Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box. Wait a minute, he's still in the league? With Granny and Bischoff. You don't fight with honor. No, he did. Warts and all. Let's start the up. Can't believe I showed up today. You've had like 48 hours to process. I have had 48 it. hours to process the Dodgers being uh, eliminated, but we'll get to those guys. Best team in baseball. In yeah, well. That's what you said, right, Tyler? What a season. It's a great season. Great season. Was they, it? Yeah, they failed miserably. Here we go. The first bite. Should Derek Carr want Rich Bisaccia to remain as the Raiders head coach? Well, what if Rich Bisaccia does something only one coach has done in 18 years and takes him to the playoffs and actually wins a game. Oh, my God. If he wins a playoff game? I mean, if he game? wins a playoff game, he'll get, like, Give the guy I a statue. Know. Aren't they required by law to start, like, Connor Cook whenever they go to the playoffs? That's true. This would be Nathan Peterman this year. But I'm, oh, no, I'm already I'm down back on board. Back I mean, on board. If he goes to the playoffs and wins a game, I don't know, 10-year contract for $100 million? So it's interesting that we are two weeks into Rich Bisaccia being the head coach and we're already getting quotes about this. Because here's what Derek Carr said after the game on the sideline. He has the ear of the locker room. He has the pulse. He has the heartbeat. And he's our leader. We would love for him to still be our head coach for the future. We're only two weeks into Rich Bisaccia being the head coach of this team. And you bring up the playoffs. I think the way this season plays out is going to have a lot to say in terms of whether or not Rich Bisaccia is going to be the head coach. This isn't a scenario as Mike Mayock made it very clear. This isn't a scenario where there's an interim head coach taking over a four win team with two weeks left in the year, right? That's not the scenario. And if that was the case, the players would have to go out and say, Hey, we love this guy. We want him to stay the head coach. Rich Bisaccia has got a long time here to prove it. Basically yeah. he's got a, he's got a long time to basically show yeah, I can be the head coach. I can be the reason that this team finally makes it to the playoffs. So whether or not Carr wants him, whether or not the, the locker room wants Rich Bisaccia, I don't think it matters. I think it's it's going to be up to Rich Bisaccia. Hey, if you make the playoffs, you've got a legitimate shot to be the head coach of the Raiders long term. So is this more, and probably it is leaning towards this side of things, they're 2-0, they play really well. Gruden uh, situation was a complete nightmare. I do think they feel a lot of the pressure has been lifted out of the, off their shoulders as the weeks go by. That's going to happen more and more. Is this more him just saying it because they're two and zero? Probably. And they've looked so good, and you know they they have they've looked really good the last two weeks. And had they been zero and two, I don't know if he's saying yeah. this. He might say like you said, we love the guy. Right. I don't think that's going to change. But this was pretty. This is pretty straightforward in terms. Of he wants them him to be the coach. Right. So. Yes. I mean, I think it, it goes a lot like with the Josh Jacobs quote from last week about the team being uh, less stressed on the sideline. A lot of this comes from their winning and they're winning easily. I mean, yeah. the, the Raiders don't often win that easily. Uh, so a lot of it comes from that, but he said, we would love for him to still be our head coach for the future. It's not like Derek Carr has been asked yet. Hey, should Rich Versace be the head coach into the future? Right? Those aren't the qu- He's not getting those questions. So he said that kind of on his own. Like you can say you love him. You can say that he's got the ear of the locker room and the, what the pulse and the heartbeat and all that without saying you want him to be the coach for the future. So I think there's some of this it, again, they have won two games pretty easily, but I do think there is a little bit of John, or Derek Carr getting ahead of himself on this because nobody's explicitly asking him, Hey, should this guy be the head coach long-term? Well, and I also think it's a lot of Derek Carr loving Greg Olson. 
I mean, so make know, that guy the head coach. Well, not make him the head coach, <laughs> but I think he believes if Bisaccia continues to coach as he has, which is you know give you know give a lot of the power to the coordinators, he kind of is just the sounding board. But you know, Greg Olson runs the offense, Gus Bradley runs the defense. Look at Derek Carr the last two weeks with Greg Olson calling the plays. So I think this is much as because look, I, I don't know who the new coach would be. We have no idea if he'd be offensive or defensive minded. But I think if you're Derek Carr, if you believe you've played well enough to get that extension, and you're going to be the quarterback here for the future. Who do you want to be as your coordinator? I mean, there's always doubt when you bring in a new coach as to who's going to run the offense. What's the offense going to be? He'll be in his ninth year next year. Oh, why would you change everything now? I don't want to change everything now. So while I think he loves Basachi, I think they all do. That was said from the very beginning when they made him the interim coach, how much they loved him. Uh, I think with Derek Carr, I'm not going to say it's selfish, but if I'm him after these last two weeks, why would I want to change the coordinator? I think that's fair. Now, um, I think I'm going to ask you this question every week after the Raiders win this year. Are they better without John Gruden? <laughs> They're more comfortable. <laughs> They're less stressed. They're less stressed, which leads to better play. Is it kind of the fact that he is a special teams guy, so he's basically telling everyone else, hey, just do your job? Like, I think it is. It, I he's do. not He's not meddling. He's no. not like, I call the plays. He's just like, I watched yesterday. I mean, I got a guy who I need to figure out how we're going to punt later, so right. you guys handle the offense. I mean, I watched yesterday during timeouts, and, you know, he's got the headset on, so for all we know, he's pushing the button and burping. But during the timeouts offensively, you're right. He kind of, I mean, he walked over to the group, but he certainly didn't look like – I can't hear what he's saying in the headset, but he certainly didn't look like he was having much of a say in terms of overruling Olsen. Like, Olsen and Carr were, like, this close, and he was kind of in the background. I do think you're exactly right. I think he just lets those guys run the offense and defense, and I think that's why players probably love him because – He's not meddling to a point of telling these guys what to do. Josh Dubow tweeted this out. Uh, Raiders stats with and without John Gruden. Yards per play with Gruden, 5.5. Yards per play without Gruden, 7.6. Points per game with Gruden, 22.6. Points per game without Gruden, 33.5. That's a big Uh, difference. Points per drive with Gruden, 1.9. 3.4 without very small sample size. They've played yeah. Denver and Philadelphia, yeah. but those are those are significant differences. And I'll give you this. The Raiders have now won back-to-back games with Rich Bisacci as the head coach by 10 points or more. In 53 games that John Gruden was the head coach in his second stint with the Raiders, they had just four wins by 10 or more points. Just four in 53 games. Rich Bisacci is two for two. And look, They're most likely at the end of the year, Philadelphia, Denver are not playoff teams, right? But this is something that we have seen the Raiders struggle with. They, they took care of business against bad teams. They won games convincingly against teams that are not going to be in the playoff picture. And that almost never happened under John Gruden the last three and a half years. Like there was very rarely a time where the Raiders played a team that they were supposed to beat and handily beat them. That did not happen very much. That was a struggle the last three years. Now, does Rich Basaccia deserve credit for that? I think it has a lot more to do with, hey, they've got a good defense for once, and they're able to actually hold opposing offenses from scoring 35 points a game, and that's how you blow teams out when you have a good defense. But John Gruden was still the coach for part of this season. They needed overtime to beat a very bad Dolphins team, and they got crushed by a very bad Bears team with John Gruden on the sideline. So, I don't know that we give all the credit simply to John Gruden's gone and Rich Versace is here, but the team's different the last two weeks. They are no doubt about it, a much different team the last two weeks than they were yeah. the first five with John Gruden there. And I'll give as much, if not more credit to Olsen. 
because I just think he's in tune with Carr far more. And I do think, again, just going off to Josh Jacobs' uh, comments, although you and I both said last week that's kind of what you say when you win the first game without him um, because you have to say something when they ask you. I think Olsen and Carr are in tune far more than Gruden and Carr, which is ironic given uh, Gruden's entire time with Carr was the relationship. The relationship isn't getting better. And they both said it was. Now, they're, again, they're not going to say anything differently when the media asks them. not going to say, no, our relationship stinks. <laughs> I just think he's more in tune with Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson calls a different type of game. And you're right. Uh, look, after the Giants, you're talking about teams like Cincinnati, Dallas, Say what you want about the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. So, you know, you're going to kind of believe that when you see it in terms of them, you know, really dominating the Chiefs or getting over in the Chiefs. It's going to get a lot tougher. So we'll see coming up what they do because after the Giants, the schedule, then you're really going to know they played the Chargers again. Then you're really going to know what you have. Do you think John Gruden would have gone forward on fourth and goal from the one? The third quarter, Raiders were already up 24 to seven. Hunter Renfro makes the catch and gets pushed out of bounds at the one yard line. It's fourth and goal again, already up 24 to seven and Rich Passaccio, or maybe it was Derek Carr or maybe who knows who it was. Yeah. Who decided, Hey, we're going to go for this, but they went for it on fourth and goal from the one and they scored a touchdown. And I'm curious if John Gruden was the head coach, they kick a field goal there. It probably doesn't matter in the scope of this game. They probably end up winning easily either way, but that was an aggressive decision from Rich Passaccia or somebody on the Raiders sideline that I don't think John Gruden makes. I don't think they make that decision. I think they kick the 23 yard field goal. If John Gruden was the head coach, that's a tough one because more and more guys are going for it this year. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I mean, and the other thing he probably would have thought, like you said, is just increase the lead. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what he was about. And when they had the lead, just increased the lead, it would have gone 27-7. It's a lot better than 24-7. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't know. Uh, you know, there was no Jacobs in at that point. You know, it was Kenyon Drake, who's, who played well again. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it says a lot for who the coach is now. Or, again, we don't know. It could have been Olsen saying we're going and Bisacci saying fine. Now, there was another point in this game. Uh, where the Raiders had a fourth and five at the Philadelphia 39. They were up 11 with like 250 on the clock in the fourth quarter. And he took a delay game and punted. That right. was very conservative. Like that, that was like, a John Gruden. Move. Yeah. Fourth and five from the 39. A, you can attempt a 54 yard field goal with Daniel Carlson. We know he can make a 54 yard field goal and you'd go up by 14 or you can just go for it and try to pick up the first down and effectively in the game. Philadelphia still had a timeout or two, so it wouldn't have actually been over. But you get that first down and the game's essentially over. But he took the delay of game and punted to sort of very, very safe decision. So it's not like Rich Passaccia is some ultra aggressive coach back there. But I do think we've seen a couple of fourth down decisions the last two weeks that John Gruden probably wouldn't have made. Are you sure Nick Serrani would have uh, not had any timeouts left? Because uh, That's true. He probably would have burned one. Well, he loves call timeouts at bad spots. <laughs> uh, defensively, Yannick Ngakwe, best game of the yeah, season? He I was mean, everywhere. I, two, so, two sacks, two, I think two quarterback hits. Yeah, um, he had he t- two pass breakups. Yeah. And coming into that game, he had two sacks and one pass breakup the entire year. He's got a decent pro football focus ranking right before this past week. It's not like Yannick Ngakwe has been bad, but he certainly hasn't been worth the big contract the Raiders gave him in the offseason. Has Max Crosby's awesome year kind of hide, done a good job of hiding that Yannick Ngakwe hasn't been great? Probably. Has Max Crosby's great year helped Yannick Ngakwe yesterday? 
Maybe. I mean, he was. I mean, I didn't. Again, Crosby I'm, didn't do much yesterday. I'm not gonna say Crosby, I watched Crosby on every snap, yeah. but he didn't do much. No, he did not have a big day. We'd have to double check and right. see how often Philadelphia was double teaming Crosby right. to actually know how much that helped Ngakwe. But it was that was pretty much the first time where Ngakwe had a massive game, where it was Ngakwe who was making yes. multiple plays yes. in the backfield, and that's sort of that's what the Raiders paid him for. Now. It hasn't been an issue. The defense has been good, and Max Crosby's been awesome. So you don't right. really notice it as much. But if Crosby, let's say just hypothetically, Crosby was just an average defensive end, I think we'd have spent a lot of yeah. time this year talking, talking about, about Ngakwe. where's Ngakwe, why isn't he providing more? But Crosby's been so awesome that it's has been somewhat irrelevant. I was just going to basically point out the inverse is maybe the reason... Crosby's having such a great year is that everyone's just like, all right, make sure Ngakwe doesn't get anywhere close to me. I mean, after week two, if you're doubling Ngakwe and leaving Crosby, you should probably be fired as an offensive coordinator. Have you met like offensive coordinators? Yeah, they in should the probably all be fired. Probably fair. Coming <laughs> Let's up next. punch on the 39. Coming up next. The World Series is set, but what's going to happen to the Dodgers roster this offseason? Swung on, ground ball, base hit into right or left center field against the shift. Bellinger goes the other way. Turner comes in to score, and the Dodgers have even the score at one. One-two pitch on the way. Driven to right field, out there towards the corner. That is a fair ball home run! A three-run homer by Eddie Rosario. He just electrified this crowd. I'm sure he's holding the MVP trophy of the of the CS. Uh, we just couldn't figure him out. Uh, he beat us the other way. He beat us to the pool side. Got hits off lefties, off righties. We just didn't have an answer for him. And when you've got that big guy looming behind him, it, it's just kind of tough to, to pitch around him, who's clearly hot. Yeah, we just didn't have an answer for him. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Dodgers were eliminated by the Braves over the weekend in six games. How'd you feel about Max Scherzer not starting game six? I mean, if his arm's dead, what are you going to do? If he can't throw, it's not much you can do about it. Um, you'll have to make, congratulations to your Astros, good job by them, World Series. You'll have to make Bischoff's briefs a daily occurrence because there's a chance I won't watch one minute. <laughs> Actually, there's a great chance I will not watch one minute. So when you come in here with all the analytics and numbers, I'm going to stare at you like with a blank face saying, I have no idea who's winning this World Series. <laughs> I mean, Come on. No, I can't do it. I mean, at least it's not Boston versus the Braves because then I, w I also would not be watching a minute. <laughs> uh, so before we get to anything about the actual World Series, are the Dodgers going to be good next year? So the list of free agents the Dodgers have, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, Joe Kelly, Corey Knavel, Albert Pujols. Yeah. How many? Okay, first off, how many of those guys do you think they bring back next year? So I don't think they bring back Taylor because I think he's going to look at Kiki Hernandez and say, I can do that, and I think they're just going to go try to find someone who can do what he does, and they're not going to go long-term on him. The The key, the two key ones are Scherzer and Seager because obviously Trey Turner is a shortstop and can play shortstop, and they're not going to they're not going to uh, give both long-term deals, I wouldn't think. So they're going to have to make a decision on which one they want. Even though Trey Turner is signed through next year, they're not going to give him like a five- or six-year deal if they lock up Seager. Um, Scherzer, I would hope. If you're asking me who do I want back more than anyone, I want Scherzer back more than anyone. 
because uh, I do think Trey Turner could fill uh, not fill in, but G- be just as good, if not better, than Seager at short, especially with the bat. Um, Kershaw's really see. They should walk away from him, and he'll go in the Hall of Fame as a Dodger and all of that, and he'll always be Dodger. But they should walk away from. Him. They should. They should. If if someone else wants to sign him, they should walk away from him. I'm hoping there's kind of not that loyalty clause with them. I, I guess it would depend. Really, on how much, you love well, him. He's my favorite player of all time. And you're, you, well, you Steve Yeager, he's my well, number two. Okay. He's my Besides number two. that random ass yes. backup catcher. Yes, he's my number two favorite <laughs> player. I, I guess it comes down to what does he want, right? What does he want to but, be paid? But what as a Dodger want? fan, it's would be horrible watching him in another Okay, uniform. that's that's just what I was getting at. No, it would okay. be terrible yeah. for me to see him in like a Rangers uniform. His yeah. house is in Dallas. He's probably already there. He's probably, I mean, I'm sure he already I'm sure he and the family already went back to Dallas. What would he still be doing in LA at this point? Um so I'm sure he went back to Texas already. Um the other tough one, because he pitched really well the last two or three months, but you know, what does Kenley Jansen want? You have Trinan. What does he really want? I think it's going to come down to a lot on these guys. What do they expect? What do they want? Seager's going to want Seager and Scherzer are going to want the biggest deals. Maybe I mean Seager might want a bigger one given his age uh, and the position he plays. So I don't know if they're going to be any good. I mean, the one good thing about being a, uh, on there and set, your team is this way too. Even no matter what they offered the shortstop, like I think they want to be good and they'll spend the money. Like that's the one thing you say about the Dodgers. They're going to spend money because they want to be good. They so first off on Kenley Jansen, you know he made twenty million this year. Yeah, very very million. high paid reliever. Yeah. I don't think you can give him twenty million no. again. Uh, he's thirty. He's going to be thirty four right next season. So he was I'm, pretty good. I am curious if somebody else gives him twenty million because he. I mean, he has been very good. Like he's been an excellent reliever. He's obviously had some big moments where he has failed. Right. But when the Dodgers are in the postseason every single year for what a decade. And he's been the number one reliever for pretty much that entire time. You're going to fail a lot too. So I am curious to see what he would get, because I think that is a good, that one is a very good case of yes, the Dodgers, you let him go. If somebody else comes in and offers him a, a massive deal, it's just not worth giving him that. I, what I'm curious on the Dodgers though, they're going to be good next year, right? Like there's still plenty of really good players on that team, but the Dodgers have been in what a five or six year run here where they've kind of been super team level where they've kind of been top three every single mm-hmm. year in terms of best record in the regular season. Are they going to be that good next year? Or are they just going to sort of be playoff contender, not necessarily world series contender? It's a tough one. Cause when you get to the playoffs, I mean, I still think they're playoff contender, which I guess means they're world series contender. Can you tell me Scherzer's coming? I mean, I of, of that entire – there's no way they lose all of those guys. No, right? no, no, because they're going to yes. spend money. Right. No, like Scherzer, Kershaw, Jansen, Seeker, Taylor. They're not using all those guys. Not all of them are going to be gone. No. Some of them will be back, and the Dodgers roster will be fine. But I guess I guess the question more or less is maybe it's about the NL West than it is about the Dodgers. Well – How good do you think the Giants actually are, and will the Padres ever figure this out? I mean, what could – you know, the Giants could lose Bryant. They could lose some people. The Padres – I'll wait to see if they figure it out. Again, the Padres, this was the year 30 out again. So it's not like the Padres, this was their year, and they were like still in it with a week left. This was the year 30 out Yeah, again. I mean, it's just, so why would you sit here and ever think the Padres are really going to do what everyone says they're going to do? They might, and I'll be, you know, eat my words next year if they do it and they win the division, but I'm I'm tired of hearing about the Padres, and then they finish 30 out. This was the year. This was the year out. 30 out. I mean, it's like... It happens every year. I'm, I laugh at Padre fans. This is the year. This is year. And one. And here's the thing: if you say it enough, one year it will be the year. Now it might be ten years from now, but one year it's going to be the year. They have really good players. 
Uh, don't know who the manager is going to be. That's another thing. We have no idea who the manager is going to be. So I, I, I'm more, if you're asking me as a Dodger fan, I'm far more concerned about the Giants that they keep it going than I am the Padres, as good as their lineup is. So Giants will win next year. It's even. One of the benefits the Astros have had, because if you look like the Astros throughout the last five years, they've lost Garrett Cole. Justin Verlander hasn't pitched the last two years. George Springer left in free agency. They've kept a good chunk of their core intact, but they've had a lot of turnover, but they've still been, you know, a World Series no, contender for five straight years. But part of that is because the AL West sucks. There aren't other good teams in the American League West. The A's are okay every year. And outside of that, the Angels are like the biggest disappointment every single season. The Rangers suck and the Mariners. Mariners are good for stretches, but they never They overachieved this year and still didn't make the playoffs. So like the AL West sucks and the Astros don't have to be a super team to win their division even though the Padres failed miserably, and even though I don't think the Giants are as good as they were this year, the Dodgers still might have to win 100 yeah. games to win the division next yeah. year. Like, that's, th- yeah, that's, that's the good, reality. That's fair. that's fair. So I think that's sort of, I mean, hell, they won, what, 106 this year and didn't win the division. So I think that's a, a bigger question for the Dodgers. Is <laughs> Can you say that sentence again? Because I every time you say it, I don't believe it, and I don't think anyone else does 106 wins, and you were the wild card? That's like, I mean... It's kind of preposterous in like yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So I am fascinated to see what the Dodgers do. And they are a team that spends money. We list off all these free agents. You're like, okay, you're going to lose some guys. They're also probably going to add some guys. They're probably going to make thing. some sort yeah. of trade or some sort of big signing that, that helps them in an area that whatever doesn't involve these free agents at all. Well, now, and the one guy we haven't talked about, what do you do with Bauer's money? Bauer actually has laughably. So a player option. Which is just completely laughable on all levels that he would actually have control. Has he picked it up yet? Because if I was him, if if I'm his agent, I would have clicked that button like months ago. Said, you know what, guys, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to take that thirty million next year because he has a player option. Do you remember, like, his agent basically came out and said, "No one thought we could get this deal done," and everyone went, "Well, only the Dodgers are stupid enough to give him a player option in his second year." I don't. Who knows I, what happens to his money? I do hope there is just a button you press. Like there's an HR, like we have like an HR portal for yeah. our work. I hope there's just like some HR portal and you go and you click accept player yeah. options, oh. submit. Could you see, <laughs> could you see the Dodgers front office? If the the red light went off and the said, fa- Hey, the someone fax took- machine kicks on at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Wait, someone took their player option. Who is it? Who is it? We got someone back. Oh, it's Bauer. Uh, before we go to break, did want to give you this stat. Uh, in the last two games of the ALCS, the Red Sox had five hits. Jordan Alvarez had seven. Your team's good. I think your team's going to win it. Dodgers traded Jordan Alvarez uh, away for a middle reliever. I know. Thanks for him. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's really good. Won the American League uh, They've done ACLs, that. ALCS MVP. They've done that. You'll see that with uh, a lot of the prospects they gave up with Scherzer. Someone will someone will yeah. become the next Jordan Alvarez. It but, is. Baseball trades are stupid yeah. because, like, in the same time frame, the Astros – traded for Jordan Alvarez for a middle reliever. They also gave up Josh Hader and Brett Phillips for Carlos Gomez and right. Mike Fires. And if Josh Hader's been like the best reliever in baseball mm-hmm. for like four seasons. Coming up next, we'll jump back into the NFL because my God, the Chiefs suck. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. You're embarrassed. I mean, you just got 
got spanked pretty good. We were coming in here trying to build off momentum of the week before, and we didn't do that. So, I mean, it's just trying to find a way to get better for next week because you got to continue to get better and better in this league if you want to get to where you want to be at. If this does not continue to sting and burn and taste like, you know what, then you got a problem. You cannot allow yourself to go numb. You can't. Because I'm not. It just All it does is just piss me off even more. You know, and it just motivates me to want to get out of this mess. It's really cool. I got it in the bag over there. So Mike gave it away. He goes, man, I'm sorry, man. I get it. I said, sorry. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get it back. He's going to get something nice in return. So we'll get him a helmet or a couple jerseys or some other stuff. So it was really cool. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Do the Chiefs suck? Yes. I gotta go. To, I gotta go to Jared for that. He's a resident chief expert. They scored three points. The Titans don't even have a good defense. They do not. This is not like oh, best defense in the league finally shut down Pat Mahomes. The Titans suck defensively. Somehow they're gonna make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, but they're not any good on the defensive side of the ball. Like everybody went into that game thinking, well, the Titans will be able to run on Kansas City. The Titans will be able to move the ball. Derrick Henry wasn't even that good. He had like 29 carries and hey, even top 100 yards. He had a touchdown pass. He did. He had more than right. Mahomes. But is like, what the hell happened to the Chiefs in their offense? Is your offensive line bad enough to where you made Tennessee's front four look really good, which they looked really good? A lot of it is actually the fact that somehow Patrick Mahomes is making throws that he like, didn't used to. He used to, but they worked out. Like he would roll the. <laughs> He would he he basically he Brett Favre his way down right. the field and it was fine and now suddenly Tyreek Hill only being five foot six and having to like push up to get the ball and volleyballing it into the air isn't working out as well as it used to. So they figured him out. No, or is it just him? No, we're uh, we're seven games into the year and the Raiders have a two game lead on Kansas yeah. City. That's kind of insane. I think Mahomes is going to be fine because we have seen Mahomes be awesome for multiple years, uh, but defensively they can't stop anybody. I think this has a lot to do with they can't get any stops and Patrick Mahomes is facing more and more large deficits than he probably ever has. And there's an element of, I have to make the big play every time. Whereas in the past we have seen the Kansas city chiefs offense, not be good for two or three quarters at a time in games, but Mahomes will have like an unbelievable quarter. And you're just like, oh, okay, that gets awesome. And now they just scored 28 points in a blink. But like, it feels like Mahomes is trying to do that every time they touch the ball. Let me ask you guys this, because when they, when he got the contract, that was the big cliche in terms of Jared can speak to this, you know, oh, he better win some Super Bowls now because the money's going to catch up with those guys. Is the money catching up with them? I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know their their salary cap issues or where they are in the cap, but that was the whole cliche. It's like, oh, that's a great contract for that guy, but they're going to start losing some guys, and it's going to you know it's going to uh, mess them up in terms of uh, how good they're going to be. Well, the biggest thing, I guess, with the money, in my opinion, so Tyler has made this point multiple times, especially about Aaron Rodgers, is that you don't need to pay wide receivers. You have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will take care of it. The Chiefs went ahead and paid all the offensive talent, and right. then whenever a defensive player became available, they didn't have any money. Right. That's my point. Is like, is that why the like, defense is so bad? You traded a first round pick for Frank Clark. Like, what? What are you doing? So, this. So the conversation that we've had with Carr, Derek Carr, a lot is about: Is he a quarterback 
that can either A, make guys significantly better around him, or B, basically cover up roster flaws. And throughout his career, he has not been a quarterback that can cover up roster flaws. When they have a bad offensive line, you know it. When they have bad receivers, you know it. When they have a bad defense, you know know it it. because they can't win. Right. Mahomes, throughout his career until this year, has always looked like the guy. Yeah, he's going to cover up a bad defense because the Chiefs haven't had. They, granted, they haven't had the worst defense in the they league. They haven't had this. They, like they, they they've not been this bad. But they've never really had a good defense since Mahomes has been there. But it hasn't mattered because he was good enough. He could cover up an average, below average defense. And now all of a sudden, the defense is so bad that he can't cover it up. And that's the interesting conversation about quarterbacks: is we. We tend to look at the guys like an Aaron Rodgers or like a Patrick Mahomes or even a Brady and say, okay, you're going to get a lot of money, right? You're going to get paid a ton of money and salary cap wise, it's not great for the rest of the roster, but you're good enough that we won't feel it. We won't feel that we're not spending as much money on our defensive line or our secondary or wherever they choose not to spend it. Before this year, I would have said, of course, Mahomes is that guy. Mahomes will absolutely make it to where you don't, you don't notice it, but now it's we're noticing it like the defense isn't good and the offense hasn't been able to play catch up with other teams offenses I wonder does that mean uh translation is he trying too hard to cover up for a horrible defense I I think that's a lot of it I mean some of it is as Jarrett said he is there's a little bit of Brett Favre he's not getting away with what he used to yeah where he's gonna chuck it down the field and throw it into coverage and trust his guys to go make a play and there's less plays being made by his guys and more by the other team but even in the past, it's not like Mahomes took risks in the past, but he still never really had obvious like turnovers that were dropped or anything. Like it's not like like Mahomes was extremely accurate. He took risks, but he was extremely accurate yeah. when he took him. Now it, it seems like he's less and less accurate well, when he's taking those. And risks. that was one of the most amazing things about him. He was not only accurate; he was a- accurate from all angles. Right. He would do, he would make a throw. He'd like all right. No one else on earth can make that yeah. throw on that angle where he's running to the you know and and the sidearm throw. And he was just amazing. Yeah. So I I don't know what you do with Kansas City right now because, I mean, I still believe in Patrick Mahomes. I do too. And they're three and four. It's not like they're one and six. So they're still like in it. They just need a good run here. And all of a sudden, oh, they're winning the AFC West again. But the defense is so bad. And it's Mahomes hasn't looked good enough to overcome it. That Like what we've seen this year, you would not think the Kansas City Chiefs have any chance to make the playoffs. No. What we've seen in the past, you're like, of course, they're going to figure yes. this out and make the playoffs. Yeah. But this year... I don't know. So they need the Raiders get back game. Big picture in the AFC. Chiefs are three and four. Get blown out by the Titans. The Ravens lost to the Bengals at home. Bengals are now five and two on the year. The Titans have back-to-back wins over Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo didn't play this week, so they didn't have a chance to lose and make this more fun. Who's good in the AFC? I think the Bengals are good. You do? I do. I think okay. the Bengals are pretty good. I think the that's a fun answer. I think the Jets are very bad. Yes, the Jets are very bad. Uh, <laughs> is it Mac Jones looked like the second coming? Here go the here they go the Raiders switching over to another channel. But I, I think the Bengals are better than the Raiders. I don't know about the Titans yet, but I I just the Chargers are better than the Raiders. I, I mean that's just my opinion. I think the Chargers are better than the Raiders. Uh, we haven't had the, we don't have the Chargers listed down here, and they're probably the best team in the AFC West. Um, you know, Baltimore can't run the ball and they can't stop the pass. So I don't know where you put them right now. Do you? But it's, I think it's far more open than. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the in the NFC. Do you think Buffalo's good, or am I the only one who thinks that it's no. like this? This doesn't. I don't understand how this is working. 
How is him throwing the ball down the field working? Compared to the rest of the AFC, I think Buffalo's good. Okay. Like yeah, of, of, just in the AFC. Of all the teams in the yeah. AFC, I feel like Buffalo's the yeah. safest to say they're good. Yeah. Like It just doesn't make any sense to me. Baltimore should be there, but but Buffalo has been they've been dominant defensively this year. Like they've been unbelievable defensively. And their Josh Allen and the offense have been solid enough that they're gonna score a lot of points and they're not gonna give up very many points. So on the Bengals, because that's a fun one, just looking at expected points added, right now offensively, they're 10th in the league in expected points added, and they're fifth defensively. If you're top ten in both and top five and one, you are legitimately good. Yes. Now we're seven weeks into the season. There's a lot that'll change over sure. the next 10 games for all these teams. And these guys but... have to, they have to play the Raiders. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is, I think it's here also. That is a legitimately good team so far this season, which is fascinating to see. By the way, Chiefs still top five in offensive EPA. Like all this about Mahomes <laughs> and the oh. offense not being good. They're still a good offense. There was, there was a play that they, any other team runs that and not only like, doesn't only score three points. It it blows up Twitter right. where Travis Kelsey did a rugby lateral to another player. <laughs> like no no one else is designing that into yeah. a play except they couldn't score any points. Like right now, if you were listing off best teams in the NFL, how many are in the NFC before you get to the best AFC team? Well, who's the best AFC team? Well, I think we decided well, it was either the Bengals uh, or Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, you're giving you're, okay. whoever you want it to be. Whoever you want it to be. But like the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Rams, the Rams, the Tampa Cowboys, oh, yeah, Cowboys, the Packers. Are they all better than the best team in the AFC? I think they are. Yeah, I think they are. It's, that's a weird season. That's really weird. If we're sitting here talking about like, hey, makes for some good playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, good God. You're gonna, the top the wild card game is going to be like, those guys are better than any one of the AFC. Or what it's going to be is we're going to wind up with a snowstorm game and it's going to be six, six to three. three. Kyler Murray versus Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Whoever's yes. whoever's field goal kicker can hit it. It's just, I don't know who's good in the AFC. And so to tie it into the Raiders. So, okay. Even if you think the Chargers and the Bengals are better than the Raiders, you can't really say they're significantly better, no. right? So no. you're looking at an AFC right now that is wide open. And the Raiders are five and two. I mean, they're tied for the best record in the AFC right now. There's certainly reason to think, well... Raiders can win the AFC West right now, and the Raiders could be a team that gets a you know a home game in the first round of the playoffs. A home playoff game. That'd be crazy. But a lot's going to happen. I think the Raiders are kind of in maybe a second tier of who we I think agree. is good. But I don't think that first tier is good enough in the right. AFC to say, yeah, the Raiders can't catch him. So it's a like it is a wide open AFC this year. And if you're the Raiders, especially with the Chiefs sucking. But you have to take advantage. No, like, this is your yes. opportunity. This it's is your there. Opportunity. And like the Chargers are there and make it right. a little bit more difficult because obviously they're good and right. already lost to them and all that. But like there is this the opportunity is for, hey, the Raiders might not be legitimately a top five team in the NFL, but because the AFC is so open, hey, the Raiders are a top three team in the AFC. And that gives you a legitimate shot to make it to the AFC championship. And then by default to the actual Super Bowl. Coming up next, it's Grady's Grades. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. 
Grainy's grades. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Paddock! First topic to grade. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. F minus minus. F minus minus. I don't like how this guy takes timeouts. I think he burns times out in different ways. I don't ways. like how he takes I wanted a T for timeouts, but we don't have a T available. So, press box transition. Uh, I don't think he did a very good job yesterday. What did you think of his onside kick decision to start the second half? Well, that was creative, but you can't go right to Big Alec Ingold because he's got hands. Oh, he's Alec on the hands Engle. team. I liked the onside kick I'm call. sure you loved it. Uh, their defense hadn't done much yeah. in terms of stopping the Raiders, and because of that turnover at the end of the sec- or first half, it kind of set the Eagles up to where they were about to give up three straight scores. So try to go get the ball, and who cares how many yards the Raiders have to drive before they actually score. So I liked that. Um, he So what the actual, to me, the most interesting thing from Nick Sirianni was on the Raiders' first drive, he accepted that penalty that would have, that set up yeah, a third a and 15, right? Yeah, it was a hold. So if he declined the penalty, it would have been fourth and three right. from just past midfield. But he accepted it to make it third and 15. And Derek Carr hit Zay Jones on like a 40-something yes. yard pass to convert the third and 15. I think he made, I think he made both the right and the wrong decision. So I think he made the right decision because I would rather have a team in third and 15 than fourth and three near midfield because I expect the other team to go for it on fourth and three near midfield. Maybe that Gruden was still the coach. Maybe, but I think if you, if the other team's going to go for it on fourth and three, you back them up and make it third and 15 every single time. So I think he made the right decision in theory, but he made the wrong decision because by the time the refs changed it, because initially the refs said decline the penalty, yes, they make declined it down. It, and then he changed. By the his time mind. the refs changed it, Rich Basacci had already sent his punt unit onto the field. And when you're the other head coach and you see the other team's punt team on the field, you say, "All right, that's fine. Right. Punt it back right, to because us. you know right. they're not going for it." So once you see the punt unit out there, you do you just leave it. But in theory, you should accept that penalty because other teams are going to go for it on fourth and three, and I'd rather face third and fifteen than fourth and three. I'm giving him an F, though, because that was a brutal game. F. Next topic, Marcus Mariota. D. D. Uh, well, he came in for one snap, but he didn't gain five yards, which would have been an average C. He C. Gained, so he gained four yards uh, going off right tackle. And uh, so he gets a D. It's very easy for me. Your average would be five. Anything more than that. I mean, if he got to the eight, nine range, it would have been like an A. Uh, but he only gained four yards, so one snap, four yards, he gets a D. I mean, if D. you average four yards a carry, you're above average yeah, in the NFL. I think you're been, one of the best running backs nah, in nah, history. But, but when you only get one, when you only get one carry, you got to make the most of it. His first, his first carry since the season opener. Uh, now I'm very hard grader when it comes to Marcus because one because he's big. So this made no sense <laughs> from a coaching perspective. They brought no. him in on a first and they ten just, to run one zone read. Um, was it? Did they do it just because? I think so. Um, they didn't do it in short yardage. They didn't do it in the red zone. The no. two areas where you would think Marcus Merritt would make sense. But I am going to give a speculative grade to Greg Olson and give him an A+. A+. plus. Here's what I'm guessing. 
They used it simply to put it on film for the rest of their teams that they play to study. They're simply, they might just throw in Marcus Mariota for a player here, there, so that other teams have to be ready for it. And then they're going to hit him with an actual pass from Marcus Mariota in like week 13 in a pivotal game. Okay. So speculative. Well, you're A-plus. thinking ahead. You're I am, because that's ahead. the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> Next topic to grade, the Eagles fans. Uh, A plus, F minus. A plus, F minus. A plus. Asterisk. No, they showed up. They showed up. They were, there was a lot of green in the stands, so they came. uh, I think for the tourism, maybe they, well, they're Eagles fans, so they drank a lot, probably ate a lot. But they get the F minus because I did not see a lot of fights in the stands. (laughs) And if it's the Eagles fans, you expect them to come and just fight people like start decking fight each other. Or fight each other and deck each other. So they get the F minus because there are no fights. F minus. What was the percentage you would guess? Oh, it's tough. I turned off that game after. 50, 55, 45 Raiders? So it was, it was close to 55? Yeah, oh, there's, yeah, there are a lot of them. Okay. I yeah, mean, yeah, I saw all the videos, but yeah, so no, close to 50, 50. All right. Next topic to grade, Jalen Hurts. Oh, darn it. I wanted to go to the Grambling. Okay, we'll do really that Really quick. Grambling, Grambling State, State Band. A plus A plus. A I'll plus. I'll give you this. Uh, F for the Grambling State F. Band, even though I didn't see a minute or uh, second of the performance. <laughs> Marching bands are the dumbest thing we do in football. I don't know why. It's dumber than having a chain gang measure the first worst. downs. Marching bands are stupid. I don't know why hey, we have them. Are they dumber than people wearing jerseys to games? Yeah, 100%. Really? No doubt about it. This is a pretty good band. No, I don't care. Why do we have marching bands? Why? So kids have something to do who can't be on the team? So the kids who... Why? No, nobody can make a good argument. They have something to do. Nobody can So make that good the argument. nerds can have sex in high school. <laughs> they don't need that. You don't need to be at a football game. You can play in the band. You don't need to be at a football game. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played well. And then he played poorly. I want to go I want to do the coconuts. I want to do the coconuts. <laughs> coconuts. In the, coconuts in the um press box. Did you know about this? Did Gramala tweet it out? I saw plenty of pictures of it. Not oh, the from coconuts? Gramala, no. I gotta go. C, because I chose C. not to. Even though Cassie was begging me, she goes. You didn't try one? No. But what Cassie, was in it? I guess coconut water. Oh. Oh. And Cassie's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm like, leave me alone. You're talking about food again. I don't want to talk about this oh. anymore. Uh, she was holding one and like drinking from it. And I'm like, I, I, I don't want to do this. I've got to go cover the game. <laughs> oh. You got to have one. Come Would on, you have done it? it was, they were in the fridge. You had a choice. Absolutely. Coke Zero, water. And then a bunch of coconuts. I absolutely would have taken one. <laughs> would you? I don't know if I would have. I might not have liked the coconut water, but I would have tried it and been like, this is a terrible idea. Never doing this again. But I would have drank out of the coconut.